Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Kim Barrett Show. I am your host, Kim Barrett, and on today's episode, we have an interview with the number one networker in the world. I'm just going to give him that title, Mr. Gil Petersel. Now, Gil is someone, if you've ever wondered, how could I get in a room and network with Tony Robbins, with Eckhart Tolle, with all these tremendous guys at the top of their game, this is someone that you want to listen to. So if you've ever struggled with networking as well, if you're one of those introverts, don't worry, I'm one of those too. This is the episode for you. We're going to learn exactly what to do and how to do it. Um, and of course, you know, that's going to make sure that you add lots of dollars to the bank account because you've got to help more people by networking with bigger groups. So without further ado, let's jump into the show. Gil, thank you so much for joining us today. Really appreciate you making the time. Happy to be here, Kim. I love serving people and I hear amazing things about you from a lot of common friends. So let's make magic happen. <laughs> Excited to have you here. So I always like to start the podcast off with the same question for everyone, which is, Gil, if I met you at a party, which funnily enough, I did, and we bumped into each other, we we're talking for a while and we had maybe had a few drinks and I said, Gil, what is it that you actually do? What's your go-to answer? So my mom still keeps on asking me that question because she doesn't understand how her little boy from being a nice corporate manager slowly, slowly started traveling the world and doing what I do. So, you know, I, I have multiple hats. Uh, the one hat I have is, is an entrepreneur. My wife and I, we run an educational tourism company where we support uh, really entrepreneurs from around the world to discover communities they want to get in touch with, discover new teachers. They work with Eckhart Tolle or Tony Robbins. And we basically build communities around awesome people. Myself as an individual, I'm an author, I'm a speaker. I do this about 120, 150 times a year on stages and podcasts. I love offline stages, but these days we're going to stay off online for a little bit, which I don't mind. I work a lot individually with people on business strategy, which is my biggest passion, really. How do you think about a business from a networking point of view. So all of my businesses today and all the businesses that I help, it always comes down to how do we connect the dots and the dots for me are always amazing people. So I really help people kind of configure that blueprint, that map they have around their lives, the business work based on the people that they have around them. That's an amazing answer. I remember the first time when we met, you did jump up. I don't know how you did it. You jumped off, I think, probably like you know, a 700-hour flight from all around the world. You were just over networking with, I think it was Tony, Tony Robbins' crew. And then you came into an event that I was at with our mutual friends and unstoppable family. And you started speaking about, about networking and connections. And for me, it was what also grabbed my attention was that you mentioned that it's like you don't have to be that extroverted person when you go out and you're networking being introverted is okay and you shared a little bit about that because for me i know that when i go out and i'm in a big group of people i would much rather get up and like put me on the stage and i'll speak in front of them but if you want me to go around and speak to every single person i'm like oh no thank you like i would rather i would rather not do that can you share with us a little bit about that aspect of networking where people thinking they're introverted, they're extroverted and, and how to deal with that networking scenario. Yeah, of course. So, you know, it's um, for me, when I speak about introverts and extroverts, I do it because only about a decade ago, I understood what that meant. And I understood that I was an introvert. I, I did like three different random tests and I was completely shocked because 
when I think about myself at an event, I love connecting with people. I love walking up to people. I actually love it. But actually, if you go back, you know, 20 years back, I don't love it. I'm really bad at networking. And if I look at the way I was back then, it makes a lot of sense. But then I was thinking, well, I changed myself, you know, whether it's like I hacked my body, I reprogrammed myself. And I did that in a way that basically became a mindset and a skill set that now I've learned how to teach others, which means when I see someone across the other side of the room that I really want to talk to because maybe it's a nice looking person, maybe it's a speaker that just got off of stage, maybe it's like an investor that everyone knows. And it, it happens to me often when like, you know, you know, a little while back, I see Richard Branson on, on the other side of the room and I'm like, well, he's got 30 people around him, but when am I going to see Richard Branson next time? And in my head, the introvert is saying, well, He's got too many people around him. What am I going to say to him? What value am I going to add to him? What am I going to talk to him? He looks very busy. Like I came up with all, and that is the introvert speaking calmly. You know, the other side of me is saying, well, actually just count to three and walk towards him. Like literally one, two, three, walk. And that's not the extroverted side. That's just, you know, the other side that understands that networking with people is very important for our lives. That's it. Simple as that. And learning to connect with other human beings is the biggest personal development anyone could choose to constantly refine and grow in their lives. And I understood that back in the days, you know, when it was just as an immigrant, as someone who never really spoke English well enough in my early 20s, because I only started speaking English at the age of 14 and I didn't learn it in school. So I always had so many different barriers to connecting with people. So I always had all these other reasons why networking was easy, was networking was hard. But now as an adult, I'm like, well, if I want to move to a new country, I need to be able to connect with people. I just moved to Bali months ago and I wanted to connect. So anyone who's really listening and thinking, well, no, I don't like networking because it's shallow or I don't like networking because it's, it's draining me. Whatever reasons you gave yourself not to want to network, actually on the other side, there's a life hack. There's a skill that you can quickly pick up. There is a methodology or a strategy that would benefit you and would give the people in front of you great value to be impressed by you and to be attracted to you. And that's something I think as human beings, we must constantly grow and develop in ourselves. That's so true. And I think consciously trying to focus on doing that more. But I think that's why I've always, I felt back into doing a lot of speaking because I was like, well, to me, that's a simple way of getting people to come and talk to me is I go and talk and then they're going to come over and the ones that are interested are going to come and net, try and network to, with me. So that was my mini hack that I did. So I was like, then I don't have and, to go and around I and love talk to that, them. Man. I think the fact that you did that shows that you're an awakened to how to hack having people come to you. And the same example I tell people that if you're not comfortable to speak, but you show up at events, and then maybe there's a speaker that says, anyone in the audience have any questions? Yes, I do. Like, take the, even if you're not a speaker, take the opportunity to introduce yourself right before asking the question. And it's the exact same strategy, Kim, because suddenly people can come up to you. So it's a beautiful way to always be thinking, if I'm not comfortable to walk up to people yet, how can I get people to walk up to me? I love that. 
appreciate it. So uh, there's always, always hack to something, right? In this life, there's always a way to, to, to make something happen. I'd love to kind of go a, a little bit back and just something that popped into my head. Cause at the moment, you know, you're networking with guys like you're over with Tony Robbins. You mentioned to me the other day, like guys like Jay Abraham, Eckhart Tolle, you mentioned and a few others. And a lot of people go, that their networks I'd love to get in. But when you first started networking and connecting with people, do you remember like the first kind of experience that you had that where you were like, this is something that I'm going to start to focus on and, and really use as key differentiator compared to anyone else? So, you know, there are different points of my life. I was kind of, I understood something connected to networking. You know, when I was much, much younger, I didn't know what it was called networking. But for example, when I moved to Canada at the age of 10 from Israel with my family, for the first year in school, um, I only spoke Hebrew. I didn't speak French or English, the languages of, of Montreal, Canada. And literally, I had no friends because I couldn't speak to anyone in the class. Like, I knew 10 words. And it's okay, I was 10 years old. So at 10 years old, you could still use body language. But I remember clearly... And it was about month 11 or something in the school. A kid came to class. He was new in class. And the teacher came in and introduced him. She said two things that I understood. His name and the country that he's from. And at that stage, I suddenly met someone who became one of my closest friends in Canada because his name was Ben and he was from Israel. And he spoke Hebrew. And suddenly he became my translator. And suddenly I could talk to people and he literally became my translator. Now, I didn't understand back then what that meant, but what it actually meant today, I managed to get into his network. Because of him, he allowed me to get now even more. I brought him into my network and then he became my translator, which like, like again, back then I didn't understand, but I remember clearly going home and I was so happy and I was telling my mom and my mom reminds me of that day where like, I saw you so happy for the first time in Canada. I was like, yeah, I didn't have any friends, you know, like, come on, 10 years old. Now, if you jump 10 years after, I'm a Canadian guy moving to England. I was 20 years old, brand new job in the banking industry. I got five people in my team and they're all like older. And at that stage in my head, they were all ugly and boring. Sorry. Like in my head back then, ugly and boring people. So these are not my ideal friends. Today, I would have a different approach to them. They're all beautiful and not boring. So I, you look for something interesting about people in order to build rapport. Back then, I wasn't at this level of understanding, build reporting and understanding all these things. So I'm thinking, okay, well, where do I find friends? And again, I didn't have this knowledge. So I started trying things. I tried online dating. I tried speed dating. I tried going to meeting people at a random event. And I was horrible at it. Like, horrible. I got rejected so many times. But then I kept on coming back, coming up with all these, like, challenges for myself. Well, talk to three women or you don't go home. Literally, I said this to myself. Like, I used to say, well, get at least one phone number and then you can go home. It was really that simple. And then it became, well, getting a phone number is not enough because you never call any of them. Yeah, and and it, that happens as well today. Come on. Like, you're smiling, but you know so well. People meet you somewhere. They get your business card, but they never follow up. Like, 
WTF, you know, like, come on, guys. I don't know if I'm allowed to say the F word, you know. So, like, what is going on with people, you know? Like, and, and it's like, for me, I remember back then the fears I had. Fear of rejection, fear of what am I going to say to her? Is she going to remember she met me last night at the bar? Maybe she was drunk. Maybe I was drunk. Oh, my God. Like, and then I used to, like, just push myself. Just call them. And then it went from calling them right away to, you know, okay, call them the next day and ask them to go for coffee. Like just, it, it became this kind of push yourself. What is the next step? And it became an understanding that if you do something enough time, you actually become really good at it. And today, a lot of my customers, you know, people that I deal with one-on-one, they're all like, you know, most of my customers are much more successful than I financially. Most of them are in the 50 million, 100 million plus companies. I love that. Most of my masterminds are different size entrepreneurs. I love working with entrepreneurs at different levels because I can give them some stepping stones. But for me, Kim, I remember all these different points in my life. Even the first time I met Tony Robbins, this was six and a half years ago. First time I met him, and this was about almost working with his company for two years. We were acting as a promoter. And I wasn't big enough to meet him, but then I managed to get to like 200 people that I brought to his event and they said, you know what? Yeah, we're happy to introduce you to Tony after the event. And, and, you know, back then I would say that I was already at a pretty good level of networking, not where I am today, but I was, I was already teaching it. I was getting on stages and I was already there. I was a professor at two universities about human networking and business world. But when I met Tony, all of my education went in the complete garbage. It doesn't matter what I knew. It doesn't matter what I could teach you right now. I was nervous. I didn't know what to say. I was mumbling. I was like an absolute embarrassment to the networking world. And I remember so clearly because the first year we came to his event, we actually brought him a gift from Russia. We brought him one of those nesting dolls. With Bushka dolls? Drew- yeah, 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 exactly. We actually drew, like we actually had a professional artist draw him and his wife and their team on it. And every single one of the nesting dolls had a different like, picture of his life. It was really cool. And when I met him, and I, I knew I would only have maybe 10, 15 minutes, all I did is mumble about that doll. Like nothing, no powerful questions. No, like, it was just like, and my, my wife afterwards said, did you not think about talking to him about anything else except that nesting doll? Like really, Gil? I was like, and I was completely red. But the thing that was funny, it's Tony. He knew I was nervous. He gave me a big hug and said, don't worry about it. It's just, it's, it's all cool, man. It's just, it's me and you, us guys taking and he takes me as a hug and like walks me aside away from a couple of the other people that were next to us. He's like, don't worry about it. Me and you, we could talk, you know, we're going to make some big things happen. And we did because the year after we grew by 200%. And the year after we grew by 300%. And today, I'm one of the biggest promoters in the world for Tony Robbins. Regionally, I am the biggest one. No one ever brings so many people to Tony Robbins from specific countries. So for me, it's not about like you can grow and become a superman in networking. I think it's these stepping stones that could help you remember how to follow up with people and how to maybe build a system that can help you with networking. So for example, using LinkedIn strategically or going on WhatsApp and scrolling down on WhatsApp to six months ago and saying, hey, why have I not spoken to these people in six months? And actually sending a few of them a message. These are little hacks that I've learned over the years, but still until today, every once in a while in an event, my wife would like be poking me and says, 
stop being such an introvert. Go talk to some people. Because she'll see me standing on the side a little bit overwhelmed, like, oh my God, like, I don't know where to start. So I think it, it's, it's really cool to be able to know where you are today and to just thrive, like really thrive in your life to like, you know, I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm just going to like, you know, I, I, I want to be better at networking. You want to thrive in networking because network to me is the number one resource. It's not just making money. If you have a good network, even if you lose money, you'll make money back. And if you want to thrive in networking, all you got to do is choose where you are right now, do a little networking audit and just come to the next level. Forget networking with Tony Robbins or Jay Abraham. Talk to a person who's maybe two, three levels above you. Talk to the entrepreneur who just six months ago did what you're trying to do. And to me, that's a really cool way of networking. I love that. That's great. And so for, for someone who's like, they've started to network, they're making some connections. How do you cement that network and that connection? So after you've met someone, you've gone out, you've connected with that entrepreneur a couple of steps ahead of you. Like then what, what's the normally, like, I know this might be going too, uh, too much into the weeds a little bit, but if I've, if I've met someone at a party or a networking event and then I'm okay, cool. Now I've, I've made a connection. What's my next, what's my next step to go? Actually, you know, I'm going to cement that, that connection and that, and start yeah. that network. So it's really cool. So there's a very, very clear methodology and strategy that you can follow. In my first book, I call this a networking funnel. But actually, in my second book, I'm now finalizing it. I've reviewed my theory, and I believe it's actually a networking tunnel. And the reason is that a lot of people, when they network, they're trying to really convert people, stranger, connection, contact, relationship, partner, client, friend. They're trying to convert people. I want you to become more important in my life. Somehow, that's what people want to do as humans. But I've understood that the networking tunnel makes a lot more sense to me from a scientific and an artistic point of view because you now being in my tunnel, I could choose to have you almost like a DNA. So you're, you're moving around. We're all in this one massive tunnel of energy, right? So if I'm going in one direction and you also have a lot of synergies and you're going in a similar direction, then maybe we can co-create, we can collaborate, we can ask each other for advice somehow, we could support each other. So you're always in and out of each other's tunnels. You potentially, you can't see them because they're far away or they're in a completely different focus. They're in a different, not just far away country-wise, but they're far away and they're working on something that is so far away from where you are business-wise or life-wise that your path is not meant to cross once again. But if you meet someone and you feel like your path should cross again, first of all, ask yourself, in what context? Is this person really, really cool? I enjoy talking to them and I think my kids would really get along with his kids and that's really cool. Like, let's maybe invite them to the next house barbecue and like just introduce them to the family. That's cool. Or, wow, that person loves flying helicopters. That is so cool. I've always wanted to fly helicopters. Wow. Maybe I could follow up with him and ask him if I could be his co-pilot next time and maybe he could introduce me to his teacher and that's really cool and we share a hobby together, you know, so... Oh, wow, he's going sailing. I've always wanted to go sailing. I also like sailing. I also like golfing. So we're finding something to do in common or potentially from a business point of view, wow, this person could be really be a good mentor or I could see this person being an interesting business partner. You know, I'm looking to start a business right now and I could see this person, he compliments me, which I, I always look for. I love to meet people who compliment me in business because I have so many business ideas I want to start. 
but I'm not the operations guy. So I'm, when I meet smart, structured operations guy, I'm like, oh my God, I'm in love with this guy. Is this guy looking for new opportunities right now? And I shift my communication with them to ask them what are they looking for and what, what are they passionate about. And I'm almost putting myself as an interviewer, but I'm not interviewing them for a job. But people love that. When you're curious about someone else and you ask them more questions from the heart, people actually like talking about themselves. And it's actually from a networking point of view, it's a really smart strategy because most people tend to talk too much in networking because like, oh my God, Kim, I just met you and I want you to like me, so I'm going to talk so much. But actually in networking, if you do more listening, people will end up liking you. So if you meet this person in an event, first of all, decide, how do, I, how do I see this person in my life? Like, is this business or personal or family? Like, and once you've made that decision, then you can almost choose from a matrix of options. Do I want to follow up with them on WhatsApp just to say, hi, it was good meeting you? If it's business, do I want to maybe send them an official more email? Really nice meeting you at this past event. Uh, I enjoyed our conversation. Uh, I'd love to continue our conversation maybe over a cup of coffee. I, I remember you mentioning, or I see on your business card where your office is. I'm actually going to be near your office on Tuesday. Do you mind meeting up for 30 minutes for a quick cup of coffee? Like, you know, you make it very easy for them to say yes. Like, I already know your address. I'm going to be near your office. Like, I'm, and you can even take it. I'm going to be near your office on Tuesday at around 3 o'clock or Thursday at 1 o'clock. Do you want to meet up for a cup of coffee or maybe lunch? Like, you're making it so easy for them to say yes. If it's more of an unknown, you can also just follow up with them on social media. The worst thing that people do, and I used to hate it when people did that, they're like, are you on Facebook? I'm like, yeah, I think everyone is. And they just connect with me. Don't just connect with me. I'm never going to remember who you are. I have an average of three to 500 connection requests on different social medias every day. Every day. So if you've just met me, the worst thing you do is just press connect. Send me a message and tell me, hey, Gil, it was really nice meeting you at the, at the event, you know, the wine tasting evening the other night. I really enjoyed our conversation on, on biohacking and, you know, where the world is going these days. If you know of any other events like that wine tasting that's coming up in the near future, I'd really love to know about it. And, you know, if you have some time over the weekend, you know, I'm meeting up with a few friends for a blah, blah, blah event. Uh, maybe you, you'd want to join us. So for me, there, are, there isn't a simple answer, Kim, because the way my mind thinks right now is, well, I've been through this scenario before. What is the easiest way for me to make this successful? That's why when all of my clients, I, I don't just consult them, I coach them. So I love to work with them on actual real cases. So they're like, hey, I just emailed the CEO of GE last week and he hasn't e emailed me back. I'm like, okay, let's just step back for a second. What was exactly in your email? Were you asking him for an immediate response? Did you copy his assistant on the email as well so she can you know, warn him? Are you sure your email didn't go into spam? Like, there are so many reasons where people are thinking, well, I met him and I sent him an email, but he never responded. So what? It's, like, it doesn't mean it's a rejection because most people take it as a rejection. Or even if you sent them the message on WhatsApp and you see that they've read it. Like, people are like, well, I see that you've read my message. I see the two blue ticks, but you haven't responded to me. So what? I could have seen it and forgot to respond. I could have seen it and I got distracted. What? You can't follow up with me? You can't say, hey, how's it going? I'd love to, to follow up on my last... Like, don't send me a message and say, hey, I'm still waiting for your response. Don't be an asshole in your follow-up. I'm sorry if I'm saying that. Is that a lot to say on your 
podcast. Yeah, yeah, go for it. That's fine. You could you could beat that. Like if you're following up with someone and you really want to connect with them, follow up from the heart. Because your question comes down to not just the skill set of what do I do next, the mindset of am I willing to follow up five times before getting a response? That shows the skills. Like when I met, who's a good example? Ah, Steven Seagal. When I met Steven Seagal, it's a long story how I met him and how I walked up to him and the whole thing. I'm not going to tell you the whole story maybe next time. But when I met him, it took me about two minutes to get his business card. Now, it was a really cool short meeting, like really literally two minutes at a lobby of a hotel. And it was really cool how I walked up and the whole thing. You no, know, but for me, what was amazing is that if I was a normal person and I didn't receive an email back from him to my first three emails, I would have given up. That's what most people do because he said to me, yeah, send me some more information by email. And he didn't respond. Now, what I did about, I think, two and a half, three weeks later, I sent him a message on WhatsApp. And it wasn't like, hey, Stephen, I uh, didn't receive an email from you. Like, I didn't want to make him feel bad. Don't make someone feel guilty. I just acted like the emails were never sent. That's it. Hey, Stephen, it was really good meeting you a few weeks back at the, at the, the Ritz in, in Moscow. I'm curious to know if you're still in Moscow. Would love to follow up with you on the conversation. Something like that. Very, very simple and friendly. He responded in about 10 minutes. I'm still in Moscow. I remember our conversation. Did you ever send me that email with the information we discussed? Cool. And I said, yeah, I actually did. And he, he sends me a message maybe like 20, 30 minutes later. He's saying, I'm super sorry that we missed your email. I just was in the process of changing my assistant. And she didn't notice that your email went into spam. So super realistic scenario. Now, Stephen and I are still in communication on WhatsApp. Every couple of months we talk because a year after that, we share a stage together in an event. And it's the funniest thing ever. The assistant that he let go during that exact moment when I met him ended up working for me a year later. It was the funniest coincidence ever. I'm doing this interview with this woman. At the end of the interview, she says, by the way, just so you know, I feel very, very comfortable working with celebrities like yourself because I've worked with other celebrities in the past. I'm like, really? Out of curiosity, who do you work with? She's like, and she gives me all this list. I'm like, wow, pretty amazing. I'm like, oh, yeah, and Steven Segal's are like, I'm like, no way, tell me, did you work with Steven Segal about the year? Like, this is She's like, yeah, I just left him a week before that. I'm like, no way, it's your fault that he didn't see my email. So that's the way networks work. And, and for me, if someone is able to have the mindset of, I met you, Kim, it's my responsibility to follow up with you. It's my responsibility to, to pull your interest in it. And I am willing to mess it up. I'm willing to learn how to do it better and better every time. That's the fun part of networking, wanting to refine and repeat. That's so, so spot on. And I know that my, even myself, I've I try and instill some of that to my team. So it's going to be good because they all listen to this when it comes to following up. And they, they, they always, they're like, it gets to the two, three, four, four times. Follow, I'm like, have you followed up with them? And then they're like, oh, I don't want to annoy them. I was like, but if you're, if you're adding value or if, as you said, if you're not being an asshole, it's not that they, you can't really get annoyed. Like it gets annoying if someone's like, hey, I sent you four emails and you didn't respond. Of course, that makes you feel bad. But if it is, if it is adding value or it is a nicety in, in that response, it, I always think you can never follow up too often. And I know for myself, there's been many occasions where uh, even with the podcast, trying to get people on and it just hasn't worked out. Some people could be like, oh, that person, maybe they didn't like me or maybe you know, yeah, they don't want to do the podcast anymore. But that consistency does, does eventually generate results. So I love that you, you've shared that as well. And I have to ask, and it doesn't have to be someone famous, but 
what was the what was one of the pivotal or your most exciting connection when you made with someone? It could be someone famous, or you just went, look, I managed to connect with this person, which opened up a whole a whole new world for me. Was there has there ever been? And I'm sure there will be many, but was there ever one where yeah. you were like, that was amazing? So you know, I've been asked this question before, and I have so many awesome answers because the way networking truly works, and for me, the biggest magic in my life is when one little connection that I thought would lead me in that direction, connect me with that person that I had no idea why, but because I followed up with him and followed up and stayed in touch, led me to this connection. And that completely changed my life. That is really the way networking works. But the short answer is my wife. You know, if, if I didn't have enough practice to walk up to women and be okay with rejection and act confident, even though I'm not inside, to act like everything is okay, even though I have butterflies in my stomach, to act like I'm used to talking to stunning blondes at the bar here in Moscow. If I didn't have that ability, I didn't have that practice, I would never have walked up to her. I would never have followed up. I would never have persisted that she goes on a date with me. I would never have been patient for results. Most guys want results after three, four, five dates. I was patient because she wanted to be friends and I wanted more. And I was patient, ladies and gentlemen, for three months. For three months, she wouldn't even kiss me. She wanted to be friends and trust me. I tried everything. I was, I, I was a romantic guy with the flowers. I love cooking, so I cooked her beautiful meals. I aphrodisia-related meals. I even, she even allowed me to give her massages. You know, like, oh, I tried everything in the book that men try with women. And three months, it took three months for her to, you know, understand that she's in love with me. And to me, that is persistence in a relationship. Another awesome example is this gentleman who's a discoverer. He's an adventurer. His name is Johan Ernst Nielsen. And I met him because I walked up at, at the end of his speech at this university that I was teaching. I showed up at the end of the speech and it was quite inspiring. And it was a very long story how I finally managed to connect with him and talk to him at the end because every woman wanted to talk to him because he's this very, very good-looking Swedish guy who said that he's looking for a Russian girlfriend. So yeah, the whole audience you know, went after him. But there's a very long story how I managed to talk to him. But he, a few weeks later, like maybe even a couple of months later, connected me with someone who's a spiritual mentor to help me with meditations. And I didn't know enough about this gentleman, Michael Carlholm. And and I, never, I didn't meet Michael for about a year and a half. But every couple of months, we spoke on, on, on WhatsApp, sometimes with video. And he just gave me some spiritual guidance and just some ideas. And he's much, he's like almost twice. No, he's not twice older than me. I'm 41 and he's in his mid-60s. So he's, you know, much, much older. And it, to me, it was amazing that he wanted to pay attention to me because he was a very, very successful guy in what he was doing. And about a year and a half later or so, um, I was going through a little bit of a challenging time in life with like, you know, just asking myself a lot of questions about myself and who am I and what's going on. And this was 2016. He offered me and my wife to come to an Eckhart Tolle retreat that he was managing in Norway. I said, well, yeah, but I can't really, can't really afford it. It's not really something that we could do. And at that time, this was about a year after we got married to my wife. And at that stage, I couldn't we couldn't really afford things and we were a little bit lost in life spirituality. We had a business that was going, but it wasn't in a position where we're like flourishing and clear, you know, but it was like, it was there. We were entrepreneurs. And he said, you know what? Why don't both of you come as my guests and you'll come as customer service, as volunteers. 
And he knew that I was at that time, I was already speaking on stages. I was wearing suits and I was a serious guy, but I didn't even think twice. I was like, yes, like, yes, I'm coming. Customer service, no problem. Volunteer. I love to serve. Let's do it. And for seven days, my wife and I were customer service. Now, the reason this is such a special thing, because during those seven days, during the one year since we got married, we couldn't conceive a baby. During that seven days, we conceived the baby, our first daughter. Now, not only that, at the end of this retreat, Eckhart, somehow through Michael, Eckhart found out about who we were, and he invited us to stay for an extra two days with like the team, with him, with Eckhart and his wife. So it was like seven people or something, you know, staying with Eckhart and his wife for a couple of days. And we would have breakfast and lunch together, like just, you know, a little bit of no, no deep networking. It was just like be in flow. During one of the dinners, we brought up that we'd love to have Eckhart in Russia. A year and a half later, Eckhart showed up in Russia. We organized, and we, we only had six months to organize the whole thing because it was like in January of 2017, we get an email saying, Eckhart is ready to come to Russia. Like, no, <laughs> no pre- six months, you know, like, but he can only come to Russia on this date, at the end of September. Like, no, no options, no negotiation. It's like very in the flow. Of course, we said yes. We organized the biggest event ever in Eckhart's life, ever. 6,000 people. He has never had 6,000 people in front of him. So that one meeting with Johan Ernst Nilsson, that I had to follow up on and I had to really, it took a lot of effort that went to Michael that was completely virtual online. When I came to the retreat, it was the first time I ever met Michael after a year plus of like, you know, having this virtual relationship with someone. So this to me is the way really networks work. And I've learned to see them. So I see networks, I see potential in people. And when I see you, the way my mind works, if you're a client of mine or if you're a friend, I understand how I can connect you with other people in my network. I'm not like Neo at the Matrix yet, but I'm in a very awakened position in my life where I've become really clear on where human networking is. Now, still with all the studying and teaching I'm doing, even though you know, many, many magazines put me on the front of the cover and call me a networking guru, I believe on my best days, I'm a six out of 10 in networking because I understand how much I really know. And I understand that, you know, and I study this daily. I study how to, how to work with your network and how to understand the frequencies and the vibrations that people have and how to give people great energy or how to switch people. If they have negative energy, how to switch them around. I would say my wife would be the number one networking story, but there's countless stories on how the dots connected magically. I can imagine we could probably uh, stay on this call for uh, several hours and we'd probably, uh, we'd probably still barely scratch the surface. I love that story. That's amazing. As we get towards the end of our time here together, I've, I've always asked this one question. I got asked it when I was on a podcast once and I thought it was a phenomenal question. So I've pinched it and I can't remember who said it to me. Otherwise I'd give them credit. But what's one question that I didn't ask you that I should have? Yeah, I've heard that question before. I remember being on stage in front of some people a couple of years ago and they asked me that. So every once in a while, I also use that. So th- there's too many questions. There isn't really one because there is a question of if people want to follow up with me, I'm the only Gil Peterson on, on Google. So follow up with me. That's the one question, how to follow up with me. I love connecting with people. If you're not willing to connect with me, 
then you haven't listened to this interview because I'm a person who's super open to connecting. And if it's not me responding, at least my assistant will respond to you. And if you have something interesting to share, then she'll get me on a discovery call with you for 10, 15 minutes. And I love those. Oh, we do a quick drive-by chat when if I have your phone number, I will randomly call you one day to see if you want to talk to me for 15 minutes. Those are called drive-by chats. But I would say the number one question is if people wanted to develop their networking abilities, they wanted to develop networking as a superpower, what are maybe three things that they could do every day to constantly be able to see results, to have basically three things more in their life. You'll have more money, you'll have more time, and you'll have more energy. So I would say if that was your question, three things that people need to do that's very simple. Number one, become a, comp- can you say complementer? I don't know if that's a word in English. So when I say that, I mean, I mean that when you're meeting people and when you're seeing people at events, can you in your head, you don't have to become complimenter verbally, in your head, can you compliment people? Like literally in your head, two or three compliments every single time you meet someone, that's going to help fear disappear because you cannot compliment someone and be afraid of talking to them at the same time. Your brain cannot work that way. Number two, Learn to ask people questions because you, Kim, for example, you're a professional this, you've done so many interviews, you've learned that asking people questions open people's up. It's very beautiful. Most people didn't study this in school. They don't know how to interview people. They're not a journalist. Study this. You can go on Google and type top 10 questions to ask people to build trust, top 10 questions to ask investors, top 10 questions to ask my clients, top 10 questions to ask my wife. Very interesting one for you men out there. Or even better, top 10 questions not to ask women. Very, very, very interesting. I literally Googled all of these things in the past when I was dating women. I had a cheat sheet. I had a piece of paper in my pocket with what questions should I ask a woman on a date. It was really useful. And the third one is understand that following up is is an art. And it is truly a strategy. And there's a methodology behind it. And most of the world is really bad at following up. Because as humans, we've been taught to want results now, to want now. Like, you know, you meet someone, you send them a proposal. You meet someone and if they, if they don't want to buy from you right now, you forget about them and you don't follow up. Following up is so beautiful. And the simplest, you know, analogy I can give you as a farmer, as a farmer who plants a lot of beautiful seeds, his plantations, and he needs to follow up. He needs to show up. He has, he's got to show up every day and water them. He's got to show up every week and make sure that, that he's got this organic pesticide that takes care of like, his plants. He's got to show up and clean his, his ground. He's got to show up and he's got to show up and take care of something that's not going to give him any results for a long time. Now, to take it to an extreme, one of my favorite plants in the world is a bamboo plant, and I have a lot of them all over my house. The bamboo plant is one of the craziest examples because when you plant it, the bamboo takes about five years for it to actually show up actually for it to show up. What's happening for five years is it's building its roots under the ground. And when it shows up out of the ground, it shoots up, you know, quite high, actually as high as your home would be in a matter of a couple of weeks. Now, to me, that's the most beautiful thing about networking as well. Networking is like nature. And when I say follow up with people, I mean, throughout your life, you're planting a garden and maybe you're planting a field or a forest of these relationships. If you show up in their life a little bit and you care and you follow up, not to convert them, but just to give and give and give and 
send them a book, send them flowers, send them a cool article, add value. Like you said with your team about following up, add value to people. Following up will just build this beautiful garden of, of like, you know, of Eden all around you. And when you need help, when you need to pick a fruit, you have so many beautiful people in your garden, they will be able to give you, you know, nourishment. That's what I've learned. So great answer to that final question. And obviously you mentioned that there's no other gills on Google, so they can pretty much find you there. But if anyone there else wanted gills. to- There's no gill Peterson. No gill Peterson. So is there, is there anywhere specifically though, if someone did want to connect, as you mentioned, they can Google you, LinkedIn. but anywhere else? LinkedIn. LinkedIn is the best place to find me. If you go to gillpeterson.com, you'll see my website, which has not been properly managed in a year, but it's okay. It gives you a lot about who I am. LinkedIn is awesome. If you want to follow up, in, uh, follow up with me on Instagram, it's also cool. I'm quite active there. And if you follow up with me, please tell me where you heard about me. Tell me that you heard, you know, on, on Kim's awesome show and, you know, tell me something about yourself. Don't make me do the homework and look into you. Tell me a little paragraph about you. Don't write me a whole page introduce yourself in a fun way that would make me want to say, wow, I'd like to know more because I'm a curious guy. Amazing. Love that. So guys, wherever you're listening or watching to this, we'll have links to be able to click to be able to connect with Gil. So you can check those in the show notes. And if you know someone who is maybe they aren't the best networker, maybe they want to grow their networking connections and actually connect meaningfully with people, please make sure that you share this episode with them. And Gil, again, thank you so much for spending the time with us today. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, Kim. See you soon, everyone.